You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We are in our final week of our series, Wisdom, and here's kind of the found, or, or the, the reason in which we decided to take four weeks um, through uh, wisdom. It's found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, King Solomon writes this, getting wisdom is the most important thing that you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight. So the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth said, the best thing that you and I could ever do is get wisdom. And so we've been on this journey of getting wisdom. Week one, we actually, we set the foundation for wisdom. And it's found in, um, I believe, Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, where it says this, Solomon writes this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we looked at this idea that if we ever want to be wise, we first need to learn how to fear the Lord. And, and don't worry for those of you that grew up and, and you're getting like uh, PTSD when you're thinking about fearing the Lord because uh, we, we tried to clarify it for you. And it's found in three declarations that God is awesome, God is holy, and God is right. And when you could begin to view God as holy, awesome, and right, pretty soon you, you start living differently. And so, so that's the foundation, and we've been looking at the fear of the Lord. This morning, though, we're going we're gonna to close, and we're going to do something a little bit different in that we're going to be going through, uh, we're going to be going, th- yeah, that was right, Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to go from verse 1 to verse 12, and there's so many amazing things that King Solomon uh, gives us to write for, and, and so um, he, he writes, let me drink this real quick, because I'm holding it, and it's, I was waiting for a good time to sip, but there is no good time, but you don't care about that, um, <laughs> so, uh, so King Solomon, uh, he, he's the author of majority, he is the majority writer of the book of Proverbs, and and the thing about King Solomon is this. He is the wisest man to ever live. That's what the Bible says. Uh, he was taking the kingdom over from his dad, David. And, um, and King Solomon, he was feeling a little insecure. And he, and he was like, uh, God, I just, I, I, I'm too young. I don't know if I can do this. And God appears to Solomon one, uh, one evening. And God is like, hey, Solomon, I will give you anything that you want. And rather than asking for riches, rather than asking for all of his enemies to be defeated, Solomon said, God, all I want is wisdom. And God said, wow, that's so amazing, the fact that you only want wisdom. God said to Solomon, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you so much more. And, and so uh, Solomon, he, he wrote this book of Proverbs, uh, at least 90% of it. And, um, and so we're just journeying through this. But chapter 3 is, is very interesting Because in chapter 3, Solomon writes it as if he was giving us life hacks. Do you guys know what a life hack is? Okay, some of you are like, what is he talking about? I'm glad you have no idea because I didn't learn about life hacks until like two years ago, okay? And life hacks, uh, they're basically there to help make your life easier, and there's some things that we use uh, in life that we're just doing it the wrong way. And, and, and when we have life hacks, they, they help us out. 
You still look confused. And so I was, I, I, I kind of figured like most people wouldn't have no idea what I'm talking about. So I, I'm, I'm gonna show you three of my favorite life hacks that, um, that is revolutionizing my life, okay? So bear with me. Uh, the first one is this, uh, and we'll hold off on the, on the picture, but, but how many of you guys like tacos? We had, did you guys have fun last week at the taco truck? And that was some good food. And, um, and, and so like we love eating tacos at my house. And um, for those of you that like tacos, you'll understand the struggle of this. Now, unless you only eat one taco, you will be fine. But most people eat multiple tacos. And, and so you know that when you eat a taco, you got to stuff it. You got to put the beef in there. You got to put the cheese in there. You got to put the lettuce in there. You got to put the guacamole in there or guacamole for some of you. Uh, you, you and so like you, you, it takes time to prep the taco. And it's fine if you only want one taco, but I'm, I, I need more than just one taco. And so when I'm about to fill up my other taco, the one taco that I already spent time Filling tips over and everything comes out and it's frustrating. Don't worry, there's a life hack for that. Check this out. Or not. Huh? <laughs> Look at that, see? Uh, you just stick a fork in it and it keeps it from falling down and it saves you time. It saves you time. Like, is that cool? Look, come on, I'm trying to bless you right now. Uh, the, okay, so that, that's, that's one life hack that I just want you guys to be blessed with. Here, here's another life hack. Have you ever been to a birthday party and like, it just seems like mom and dads that are hosting the birthday party, they're always insecure when it comes to cutting the birthday cake, right? Like they bring out the birthday cake and, and, and the wife's like, you cut it, babe. And the husband's like, no, you cut it, right? Is that just my house? Okay. Uh, so, well... Uh, there's a life hack for this, okay? And, and I love this because for those of you that are insecure with cutting a cake using the knife, you no longer have to worry. Check this out. Floss, dental floss. It cuts the cake perfectly. Perfect slices, clean slice. I think that's the biggest thing. We just want a clean slice. There you go. There's my second life hack for you. Be blessed. And here's the last one that, that I have for you is, um, for those of you that didn't know, when you pump your gas, there's a little kickstand on the handle, right? And it's very convenient, but have you ever gone to a gas station where there was no kickstand? And it's cold outside, and it's rainy, and you're like, oh, and you got to stand up. You're like pumping gas, and you're freezing, right? Fear no longer. There is a life hack for this. Check it out. Look at that. Your gas cap, you stick it in there and it holds. Is that amazing? Come on. Man, I feel like y'all are so blessed. We're just going to end right now. Hey, let's bow our heads. We'll be done. Father, we life hacks. Life hacks. Those are just three of my, my favorite that, that, that I found that has changed my life. Um, but but here's, here's why I'm talking about life hacks is because, again, King Solomon, when he's writing chapter 3 in the book of Proverbs, 
He's, he's writing it as if he's giving us life hacks. So what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes, that could be a lie, but for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to give you six life hacks that are found in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. You guys ready to go? We're going to go fast. So here it is. Uh, life hack number one. If you've ever wanted to live a life of peace and prosperity, this life hack is for you. Okay? So if that's you, this, this life hack is for you. Check it out. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. So the life hack that prolongs your life, gives you peace and prosperity is this. And this is in your notes. Be a hug and a mug. Be a hug and a mug. I will explain. So in verse 1 uh, King Solomon, he, he's identifying two roles in every relationship that you and I have or needs to have. He, he identifies the son, which is the mug. And so that's the person that's receiving knowledge, that's, that's always, that has questions, that, that, that is needing answers, that, that is able to, to go to people that are much wiser and say, hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me out with this? And so Solomon, he identifies the student, the son, and then the, the other relationship role in which Solomon is, is, um, is introducing to us is the role of the teacher, and that is the hug. That's the person that's willing to invest and to, to pour into someone else's life. That's the person that uh, wants to take the time to, to be there for that person. And so in this, in this, this uh, life hack, Solomon is saying, if you want a life of peace, prosperity, it comes in the role of relationships. But it comes with a balanced role of relationships. So you can't just be a mug you can't just be a hug. You got to be a mug and a hug. And we've all experienced and encountered the people who aren't balanced. We've all have people in our lives who, who they just, for some reason or another, they just want to be the mug. They're the ones in the relationship that's always like, me, me, me. Hey, come, it's about me. I got the issue. I have the problem. And we, we know that that's exhausting. But then on the flip side, we also have people in our lives and in relationships who, who are just the hug. Like, by default, they always want to be the hug. They always want to be the person that is, like, always wanting to parent and always wanting to pour in and, and never really lets you in on their lives. They always want to just fix your life. And we know that that's draining, too. And so what Solomon is saying is that there needs to be a balance in our relationship roles. That in every relationship that you have, every friendship that you have, you got to be willing to pour into people, but you got to let them be able to pour into you as well. 
And when you can do that, when you can be that person that gives but also receives, peace and prosperity happen. That's when lives flourish within the friendships, in the relationships, when you can have a nice equal balance of a hug in a mug. So that's life hack number one. Life hack number two is this. If you've ever wanted to find favor in the sight of God and man. So how many of you guys have ever just wanted favor in the sight of God and you wanted favor in the sight of man? Perfect, because this life hack is for you. Check this out. Verse three, it says this. Let love and faithfulness never leave you Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. When you will win, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God in and man. So the key to life hack number two is this. Reflect what you expect. Reflect what you expect. So in verse three, uh, Solomon, he's identifying two characterist, characteristic traits for you and me. Uh, there's uh, the trait of steadfast love, and the second characteristic trait is faithfulness. And Solomon is saying, when you can live a life that, is, that, that loves and is also faithful, you will find favor in the sight of God and man. man. And it's very interesting because what, what we notice about uh, being uh, loving and faithful is these are actually not just random characteristics that Solomon was like, I'm just going to throw these two out there. But in fact, these two characteristics um, are characteristics of God. In fact, these characteristics, God himself described him, God, as loving and faithful. We see that in Exodus chapter 30, 34, and this is when Moses, he, he's going up the mountain for the Ten Commandments to, to scribe the Ten Commandments. And when he's there, he encounters God. Watch this. And it says this, 34 verse 6. And he passed in front of Moses, he being God, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, watch this, abounding in love and in faithfulness. So God himself described himself as abounding in love and faithful. Solomon, he, he's writing verse 3 and verse, verse 4, and, and it's this idea uh, that, that if we are expecting God to show us love, which we are, I don't know anybody that's like, I'm expecting God to fail me. Maybe you are, and, and we love you, and we'll work it out with you, but... Um, but, but, but this idea that Solomon is saying that if you expect God to, to love you and if you expect God to be faithful towards you, then in return, you too need to reflect this idea of loving unconditionally. So you may not even like that coworker, but it doesn't matter. We love him no matter what. He's, he, he's saying that if, if you expect God to be faithful to you, well, then you need to reflect that faithfulness as well. The best way to do that is by being faithful in what we say. That's a huge one for me. Like what you say needs to be your bond. 
And so, so Solomon is saying, what we reflect, you expect. So if you're looking for favor in the sight of God and man, you got to reflect what you expect. Okay, life hack number three. Y'all are quiet, but that's okay. That's all right. Now, have you ever longed for clarity in your life? Like you're just walking around and you don't know where to go, what path to take, like what direction you're wanting to go. If that's you, perfect, because this life hack is for you. Don't look at your spouse. Check this out. Verse five, this very famous verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So the key to the life hack number three is this. Trust is a must. Trust is a must. I I love how Solomon, he's not just saying trust God, but he's saying trust God with all of your heart. Like everything. He, he's saying like, he will, you're supposed to, you and I are supposed to trust God with every single thing inside of us. Unfortunately though, if you're like me, sometimes our trust in God only goes as far as our understanding. And the problem with that is that typically you, your understanding only goes as far as your comfort. And the issue arises when, when your trust in God only goes to the level, the ceiling of your comfort. It's very easy to limit God with what he's wanting to do in your life. We have to learn to go past our comfort, past our understanding, and fully trust God. See, there's this great story in the book of Exodus, Numbers, excuse me, Numbers chapter 21. It's a very bizarre story, so I will just give you a heads up. It's a bizarre story, but it shows this idea of learning how to trust God, even if we don't understand it, even if, it, um, even if it's past our comfort level. And it's found in Numbers chapter 21. It's a story of these poisonous snakes that they're, they're just coming out of everywhere. And they're biting the Israelites, God's children. And they're dying. So they go, the, 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 the people, they go to Moses. Moses is their leader. And they're like, Moses, what's up? Like, we need help. Like, this is not safe, right? So Moses, he goes to God. He's like, God, help me. Like, what am I supposed to do? And, and here's what God says. It's, it's crazy on the surface level, but when you understand what, why he's saying this, it makes sense. So God tells Moses this. He's like, Moses, whoa. Was that crazy? Trust, yeah. Trust that that roof is not falling. So uh, God is like, Moses, I want you to build the pole of bronze. And on top of the pole, I want you to put a snake, a bronze snake up there. And I want you to tell the people that when the snakes come back out, that if they can just fix their eyes on the snake and not turn, look down, then they may be bitten, but they will not die. See, we, we understand by reading in the New Testament, we understand that this, this uh, snake on the pole is a representation of Jesus on the cross. 
And that when you keep your eyes on Jesus, things happen, but keep it. And so, so Moses, he tells the people this. And could you imagine if I was like, hey, guys, there's going to be snakes coming out right now. And uh, as long as you keep your eyes on that disco ball, you're going to be fine, okay? Like, come on, let's trust God. Like, we, we, I think sometimes we, we read the stories in the Bible and we're like, oh, they're super holy. Like, of course, they did it very easy. They're just people like you and I. And so if I told you that, I'm sure you're going to be like, uh, some of you, you might even leave. <laughs> but these people, Moses, he, he's telling them this. And then all of a sudden, the snakes come out, right? And these people, as the snakes are biting, I don't, right, like they're, they're focusing. I don't understand it, God, why you're having me look at the snake. I don't get it, God. It's, this is beyond my comfort level, God. But if you spoke it, I'm going to believe it. If you spoke it, God, if, if this is what you told me to do, then I'm going to trust you with everything inside of me. And it's as if King Solomon knew that we typically only go to our understanding because he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he says, lean not on your own understanding. He understands that sometimes we limit our trust by our understanding. And so he's like, hey, don't, don't, don't go off of what you understand. Then he says, in all your ways acknowledge him. So I don't understand what's going on, God, but I trust you because you're good. It may have felt like you failed me before, God, but in faith I believe you're good. God, I had a lot of hard things happen to me, but in faith, I trust that you are good. And when we do that, he directs our path. See, I believe wholeheartedly that God has been trying to reveal certain paths for, for some people in here of where to go, what to do. But because the path that he's showing you seems so ridiculous, seems so far out there, you, you, you've kind of turned and went a different direction. But he's like, he's opening it up. He's like, hey, this is where I want you to go. I don't understand, God. It doesn't matter. I trust you. See, if... If I went off my comfort level and understanding when, when I, I felt like God said, hey, start this church, there would not be a church right here. And so sometimes you just got to trust God with all of your heart because he wants to use you. He, he's a big God. He wants us to dream big. Let's not insult God by the smallness of the dreams that he's placed in our hearts. He wants to do something. So that was life hack number, I don't know, what was it? Three. Life hack number four. Oh, we're going for time. Here we go. Life hack number four. <clears throat> if you've ever felt drained, exhausted, weak, anybody, nobody? 
This hack is for you. Uh, verse 7, he says this, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Hey. Instead, fear the Lord, turn away from evil. Then you will have healing in your body and strength for your bones. So here, uh, the key to life hack number four is this. Live the three B's. Live the three B's. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what the three B's are right now. So Solomon, in that verse, verse seven, he gives us three instructions that we need in order to experience health and restoration. And here they are. The first B is this. He said, be humble. You gotta understand and embrace this idea that you are not the smartest person in the room. I gotta embrace the fact that I am not the smartest person in the room. There's always, my, my parents always said, there's always someone better. There's always, and that's okay. The moment that you agree and embrace that, the better off you're gonna be. Like it's draining. It's draining to try to be the best at everything. Guess what? God did not wire you to be the best in everything. But he wired you to, the be, to be the best in something. We gotta embrace that. So he said, be humble. First be, uh, he said, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. So be humble. Here's the second one. He said that we need to fear God. And so here, here it is. The second B is be surrendered. Be surrendered. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> be surrendered. Listen, surrender. We understood that the fear of God, three declaration, God is awesome. God is holy. God is right. When you live that way, you're surrendering. God, I don't understand it, but you're holy. God, I don't understand why you said this, but I know you're right. Be surrendered. And here's the cool thing is like, he doesn't just want like you partially surrendered. He wants you fully surrendered. The Bible, uh, never mind, time. So first one, be humble. Second one, be surrendered. Third one, be repentant. He says this, turn from evil. So be humble, be surrendered, be repentant. And here's what's amazing. Here, here's what I love about this, this idea of being humble, surrendered, and repentant. Like these are not, again, these are not just random things that King Solomon thought of. But actually, this is a very, these are the very three things that God told Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. So when, when King Solomon, when he was going to dedicate the temple that he built, this is what God said to him. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, there's our first one, seek my face, there's the second one, surrendered, and turn from their wicked ways, repentant, I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sins and restore their land. What? I will restore their land. Listen, there's some of you out here this morning. You're waiting for God to restore you. You're wanting God to heal you. But he's waiting for you to be surrendered, to be humble, to be repentant. Because he wants to move. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore you. 
Like whatever your past, whatever your history is, no matter how rough it, like he wants to restore you. Be humbled, be repentant, be surrendered. Life hack number five, two more for you and then we're done. Life hack number five is for those of you that may feel like you are lacking. Check this out, verse nine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So the key to life hack number five is this. God's will, God's bill. God's will, God's bill. Now, for those of you that have been at Discovery for any length of time, you know that we do not use the platform as a gimmick to try to get you to give. Like we come and we're like, hey, if you're here and you came ready to give, then praise God. If not, it's your thing. And so we don't, we don't put, because we understand if we're trying to reach people who are unchurched, we understand that the biggest reason why people don't like going to church besides hypocrites, and that's why we're also open with, hey, God's still working on me, <laughs> is, is this idea that church is all about money. And so we, we, we are very, intentional with not doing that. But I got to tell you, there's no way skating around this one right here. There's no way skating around what King Solomon is, is, is referring to with this idea of bringing God your first and your best. This idea of biblical tithe. Malachi, I'm just going to give you a couple of verses. Malachi chapter three. It says, bring your tithe to the storehouse so that there will always be food in my house. This is God speaking. And so we bring, when we come in the more, on Sundays, a lot of you guys, you do it online. You, 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 you bring so that we can, we can save. And so when there's a, a need of, of trying to help a thousand students in our city, we're able to do something. When there's a food bank that, that needs funds, for food, like we're able to just write a check. Like that's, that's the local church. That, that's what, and, and so, well, that's Old Testament. Well, check this out. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money that you have earned. Listen, there's no way skating around this. Solomon is saying if you're lacking, it's, you, you got to learn to bring your first and your best. Now, here's what's helped me in this, in this situation is when I learned and understood that everything that I have is not mine anyways. I don't know about you, but it's way easier to give away things when it ain't yours. <laughs> and so when I came to the realization that what I have is not mine, I was able to live open-handedly way better. It reminds me of a time I was at the Dollar Tree with my son. I shared this story like years ago. And uh, we went in, we bought a bag of gummy bears for him. He came out, he's standing in front of the store, he's opening it. And I was like, hey, bud, can I get a gummy bear? And he's like, no. I was like, bro, like, I just, I just want a couple. Daddy just wants a couple. He's like, no. I was like, 
Do you understand that I bought it for you? Do you understand that you have those gummy bears because daddy gave them to you? He didn't understand that all I had to do was go back in the store and buy him more. If, if only. I think that's a perfect illustration of, of God in us. God, he's given us our resources. And he's like, hey, I just want, I just want the first and the best. And we're like, No. I love, I just, I, I don't know, like, I love, I love this idea that that if God's, if it's God's will for us to give our first and to give our best, then it's God's bill to provide for our needs. I remember when we first started the church, I had to, quit my job as I was a youth pastor um, and uh, I'd quit my job and in order to, to start this we had to get rid of our apartment we had to move in with my in-laws which was amazing it was only supposed to be for a year it ended up being like four <laughs> and uh, my wife was the only one working and there were times when uh, let me back up my wife and I we are we we believe and and this is our conviction it doesn't have to be your conviction. Our conviction is that we will be dedicated to giving God our first and our best all the time. And there were times when we first started the church where like it was like literally it was like, hey, we're either gonna buy diapers or we're gonna write our tithe check. And we always said, we will write our tithe check and God will provide everything else. Listen, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And never once did we never, were we ever lacking. Because if it's God's will, it's his bill. Come on. Is that good? Are you guys getting something? I, hey, I got one more for you. Life hack number six. If you're here and you've ever felt like God is mad at you, if you've ever felt like he's, disciplining you or correcting you. Hey, this hack is for you. Verse 11. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he hates. Just as... That's not what it said? Oh, it says those he loves. Oh, my bad. Let's try that again. Verse 12. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So the key to life hack number six is this. Be cool with correction. Be cool with correction. Now, before we go any further, there's two really tragedies in life, okay? There's the first tragedy stems from the, the fact that we live in a fallen world. Okay, so when God created the heavens and the earth, and I believe that he did, he, he, he said that it was good. So when he created the sky, he said it was good. When he created the waters, he said it was good. When he created the birds and the bees, he said it was good. When he created you and me, he said it was good. 
the intention of God's heart is that what he created is good. But the moment rebellion crept in through Adam and Eve, all of a sudden sin crept in. And in that moment, everything that God created that was good has now been tainted. And so we see this all around that we see, um, we, we see tragedies happen all around that stems from the fact that we live in a fallen world. Mass shootings, that stinks. Things that we don't understand. The racism and hatred and justice. Like those are tragedies that stem from a fallen world. Maybe you were abused growing up. Listen, it's not your fault. It stems from the fact we live in a fallen world. And so what I want you to understand when God be cool with correction is God is not, it's not referring to those things. But here's the second type of tragedies. Are those, they stem from the choices that we make. And sometimes, just sometimes, God will allow you to go through the consequences for the choices and decisions that you've made. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to understand. You guys are looking at me like, John, I hate you. I thought this is a feel-good church. Hey, there's sometimes when you live beyond your means and you keep racking up your credit card you get debt. And you got to pay for the, like, we would love to say, God, right now, just take all the debt away. But he corrects those he loves. And by him correcting us, it's allowing us to deal with those consequences. Is this, is this preaching too hard? Should I? I got to end anyways this time. Come on, when you, when you commit a crime, God, please, please don't let, please don't let me have to face it. No, that's, there's consequences. And sometimes he will let you, allow you to go through these things. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he's not there for you. It means that he loves you and he wants you to learn from it. There are so many times that I wish God took me out of circumstances that I put myself in, but I had to deal with it and I had to understand that he doesn't hate me. He loves me. And when you understand that, when you're cool with correction, you understand that, that he loves you. That he's not angry with you. Come on. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.